That's right, folks. You've been waiting for it all week. Here it is. Lessons in Leadership on News 12 Plus and a variety of other platforms. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, Steve. How are you? I'm great. Listen, I, I like to take care of business. I'm a big fan of following up and no detail too small. Uh, Mary and I are writing this new book and there's a chapter called Strategic Micromanagement. No detail too small. So there's a detail that's not too small. I want to cover it. Um, Elvin, can we do this? I, I always surprise our team. Elvin, our great director, can we put the great Frank Brown, our audio engineer who has been with public broadcasting for years and he's been taking care of making sure the audio and the sound is great. Can we put Frank on camera? He's our audio <laughs> engineer, which is why you can only hear him. Um, hey, Frank, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Steve, how are you? Good, I like how you took your glasses off because you know you're on camera. Um, so listen, I was remiss in another show. I was thanking the great team and our good friend Larry Downs will be with us in a moment. He knows I'm a team guy. I like to thank people. I missed you, Frank Brown, and I did not mention you and I want to apologize formally and officially and I want to ask if there's anything you want to say about um, the fact that you love being part of Lessons in Leadership. <laughs> I don't want well, to make it I, about me. I do not want to make it about me. It's, well, it, it's very hard for, uh, for it not to be about you when it comes to Lessons in Leadership and, um, and all that you've done over the years. I mean, as you know, and we always you know, remind everyone that we've been together for a very long time. 30. And, um, so, yeah, 30. Yeah, 30. So, I mean, you know, I, I enjoy the show and, and, and we're seeing that the viewership is, is growing uh, regularly. So, I mean, obviously somebody's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah that, that's good, Frank. Yeah, but right? I also want to plug something else. You sent me a video earlier today of a young man. Now, um, listen, at SS Catholic High School, I was five foot 11 and three quarters, lied and said I was six feet tall. And you may not believe this, Frank, but you sent me a video of your son who's 6'2 and was dunking. I was dunking at 5'11 and 3 quarters. Do you believe that, Mary? Mm, I, I would say hard no. I would like to see video. Oh, did they have video back then, Steve? <laughs> oh, 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 man. <laughs> I'm going to let it go, I would Mary. like to see photo proof. No, no, Mary, it's no problem. Listen, the, the title <laughs> of the show could be changed at any minute, trust me, uh, to just not have you in it. But that being said, I did not dunk, but I could touch the rim. Your son, real quick, we're gonna actually show some video on post-production. You said you're so proud of your son. Tell everyone his name and he's, what, how old is he? <laughs> Evan is uh, 15 years old. He's our middle son. And he, he dunked. Is, he's 6'2 with a size 15 shoe. Size 15. Wow. Yeah. Well, he's wow. got some hops as they say, and I know you're proud. We'll show this in post-production as we're talking about Frank. I just want you to know I was making up for not introducing you before, and you got even it's more. It's all right. No, listen, next time I come to you, be ready. Always be ready. I'll always be ready. I will always be ready. Believe me. All right, me. let's I, take I, Frank off. Get, get rid of Frank. Okay. Come out of here. Thank you, Frank. Uh, Mary, can we introduce our very special guest, which have nothing to do with basketball, even though Larry Downs is a huge basketball fan. He also likes hockey. I do know that. Um, Thank goodness. Between the basketball and the football and baseball references, finally a language that I understand. Oh, and also he is a St. Louis Cardinals fan, hardcore, which has nothing to do with anything else. Mary, introduce our two special guests. Sure. So first we have Larry Downs, retired chairman of New Jersey Resources, who is just a scholar of leadership. And we talk to Larry about leadership and communication all the time. And then we also have Marlene Lau Collins, executive director for Catholic Charities, the Diocese of Trenton. So thank you, Larry and Marlene, for joining us today. 
Great stuff. Sorry you had to sit through an obscure <laughs> conversation with our audio engineer, Frank Brown, who's the best. Uh, I just want to get a video of his son in there. <laughs> Larry, could you, when, could you dunk at Bergen Catholic when you were there? No, only if there was a ladder was the only chance <laughs> I had. <laughs> so. Hey, speaking of Bergen Catholic, make the connection, Larry. Uh, we're doing a feature on Catholic Charities, the Diocese of Trenton. Uh, Marlene leads that team. You and I, Catholic schools, me at Estes Catholic, you at Bergen Catholic, both of us at Iona College up in New Rochelle after that. We have been connected to Catholic Charities, the Catholic Church, for a long time. Make the connection so we can bring Marlene in. Well, have, again, as you as you point out, you know my uh, Catholic roots go all the way back to uh, St. Matthew's School in uh, in Richfield, New Jersey. Uh, but as Mary as Mary said, I'm retired now. Um, just just about two years, and I and I had the opportunity. It was time to get away from business and public policy and all of that. Really wanted to get into um, not just nonprofit work, but um, but one with a, uh, a Catholic background on that. Um, I had worked with Catholic Charities for many years while I was still working, and here was an opportunity that I had to work with them. And um, I've known Marlene now for probably 10 years, and you know I have not come across a, a finer, more talented uh, leader uh, than Marlene. And the passion that she and her bring, she and her team bring to Catholic Charities, is really inspiring. Yeah, we're going to show some video, Marlene, of some of the work that Catholic Charities is doing down in the Trenton area um, of some of your services, but break down some of the services that Catholic Charities provides. Absolutely. So, you know, we're a hundred year old organization and we've been pro providing services in the Mercer, Burlington, Monmouth and Ocean County areas, including southern part of the state. And we offer services like our behavioral health services, mental health services for those with chronic mental illness, counseling services for children who are facing trauma and adversity, as well as adults, substance use disorder for adults, teens, including pregnant moms and moms that have just given birth. Um, you know, during the opioid epidemic, that was something that we identified as a unique need and that no one else was addressing, quite frankly. Um, we do the typical, what people know Catholic charities as, right? Feeding the hungry, clothing the naked and housing the homeless. And so we have our, those basic need services, homelessness prevention program, including immigration program, just a broad range of services, domestic violence as well. By the way, we're gonna have the website throughout uh, the Catholic Charities uh, website, uh, Diocese of Trend throughout the segment so that people can not only find out more, but Larry, as they say, no money, no mission. Right? No money, no mission. <laughs> no money, no mission. So I had uh, a sister tell me that one time. <laughs> of course said, you had a sister tell <laughs> She tapped me on the head and she said, honey, no money, no mission. <laughs> Larry, I was yeah. you what was your grammar school again, Larry? St. Matthews in Richfield, New Jersey. St. Peter's in Belleville, New Jersey. That's how far trust mm -hmm. me, the Sisters of Charity would yes. they didn't say no money, no mission, Larry, to me. They said some other things that kept me in line. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> let's put up the website so they can raise some money there. Larry, talk about the $10 million campaign. You have playing a leading role in raising money for Catholic charities. A, Y, B, where is that money going to so people know? Well, it goes back in the, uh, um, what I said to you again, the opportunity as I was retiring to get involved with a, um, with a Catholic organization with a, a focus on, on helping the poor, which is really what I wanted to do. Um, I am chairing the committee right now, the Restoring Dignity Giving Hope campaign, where we're trying to raise $10 million. Um, 
the reality is in the in the world that we live in right now, the need for the services that Catholic Charities uh, provides uh, is just increasing every single day. And as Marlene alluded to, it's really a broad range of uh, of, of different services uh, in the area of children and families. You know, we're really focusing on on strengthening families, on dealing with the uh, the food insecure, which is a, a real problem in our state and in our nation. But we're also trying to give them uh, the give them tools if they've been through trauma like uh, domestic violence and things like that. Housing and food is another area that we're um, uh, that we're focused on right now. Homelessness, another major problem that's growing that, that we are trying to play uh, a key role um, in all of that. And then finally, um, immigration services. Afghan uh, refugees down at uh, Fort Dix. I'm sorry, go ahead. Just uh, just an amazing job that the team is uh, is doing there. So we're trying to raise this money because the capacity that we have is not enough to meet the uh, to meet the needs. Uh, and so we are reaching out. We're off to a great start. We've had some wonderful people that have already donated. Mary, go ahead. Yeah, Marlene, uh, Steve had brought up very briefly the Afghan refugees. What are you doing exactly? What is Catholic Charities doing exactly to help those refugees and their families? Yeah, no, I'm really glad that he mentioned that because in addition to the range of services that we offer, we're often called, Catholic Charities is often called to serve in these urgent situations where the Sandy Storm or the Afghan uh, refugees coming to Fort Dix. And the initial call that I received one Sunday morning before they were arriving two days later was we need your help. Um, this was from the USCCB, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. We need your help to uh, organize a morale, wellness and recreational centers. And which was really right up our alley because we're talking about working with children that have faced trauma and adversity and with the moms. And so we mobilized our staff, called my team the following day, we mobilized the staff and we began to, uh, we put the center, the center together in a short period of time. One thing that we noticed uh, as they arrived, the refugees arrived, the children and the families, I mean, they came with nothing really, but what was on their backs. They, you could see on their face, the fear, bewilderment and shock. When we opened up the center, I can't tell you how that was transformed with the children. Uh, we did artwork activities, soccer. The artwork, they would come very proudly and display them to us. And we started putting them on the wall, like the kids, you know, in your house, on the refrigerator door. And we put, and they were just amazed. They were just so happy and joyful. Uh, we'd bring things like teddy bears and we take so much for granted. As soon as they came out of the bags, the kids were coming over to us and just grabbing them and hugging them. We knew those were like 10 to go. Um, so we really worked around the morale, wellness and um, recreational component, but we're actually, you know, the operation allies have, and the commanders on base have said, we need Catholic charities to help us with some other things, connecting us with some of the other entities in the area. So we're also doing some of that. Mary, um, I know we're limited on time. Um, we'll do more segments. No, 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 stop. We'll, we'll do more segments with Catholic Charities. And by the way, Larry often, one of the things about Larry over the years, we've been friends for 20 years, other than being incredibly supportive of what we've done, what we do, what we hope to do, mm. he's always connecting us to they're usually nonprofits, some people in the corporate world, but they're usually people in the corporate world who are making a difference in the not-for-profit world by contributing and being servant leaders. Uh, and so I just want to acknowledge that Larry's been doing that. 
But Mary, there's an 800 number that I want to put out there. Uh, real quick, um, Marlene, what's this 800 number for the Access Help and Information Center? What is that? Give me 30 seconds on that. Yeah, anyone seeking services, all those services that I talked about, or even if you want to help with the Afghan refugees, you can call that number, that 800 number, and they will be referred to the appropriate uh, service and, and location. And our website. Hey, Larry, listen, um, let me ask you this. And Mary, jump, feel free to jump in as well. So with the pandemic, we're taping the show right before Thanksgiving and the timing couldn't be more right to talk about Catholic charities right now, even though it'll be seen later. Larry, given the pandemic, how far we're into this pandemic, you'd interact with a lot of CEOs. You were a, a CEO as well as the chair at New Jersey Resources for many years. Do you sense that there are more CEOs, more top executives in the corporate world who are thinking more about making a difference in the lives of others, being more servant leaders, in addition to worrying about the bottom line? Or is there an, more of an obsession about the bottom line because there's so much fear about making the bottom line? Larry? No, I think, I think the magnitude of the change that's gone on in the world over the last uh, two or so years uh, is causing a lot of rethinking of what uh, organizations uh, are all about. And I see a level of generosity that, quite frankly, I've never seen before. I think it comes back to there's a broader focus just on not just on the bottom line, uh, but who are our stakeholders and how are we accountable to them and how we can how we can help them, um, which is really, you know, despite what has caused it to happen, the fact that it's now happening is, um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely pleased with that. Yeah. Larry, Marlene, I want to thank you so much. I promise you, as we told Larry recently offline, um, it is our commitment and a lot of it is professional because it's what we do. And this is a lot about leadership. But for Larry and I, a lot of this is personal. And, and this isn't a plug for Catholic education, but I'll just say this, going to Catholic grammar school, going to Catholic high school, and going to Iona up in New Rochelle, where Larry and I both went uh, at about the same time. I got to say this, you do learn that you have a responsibility and it's not just whether you're Catholic or not, just, I'm not going to get on a soapbox. It's just one of the messages we always got was you need to make sure that you're making a difference in the lives of others who have less and need more. So uh, I'm off my soapbox. Larry, thank you. Marlene, thank you. Thank uh, you. Mary and I are going to continue lessons in leadership. We look forward to having you on, and back, uh, on again soon. Thanks, folks. Great. Thanks, Thank Steve. You. Thank you, Mary. You got it. Lessons in leadership, Mary Gamba. She'll take the lead after this. I'll back off, I promise. We'll be back <laughs> after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. This is the Seton Hall story one that comes to life every day on our campus. This is the place where great minds discover, innovate, collaborate, and find their true calling. 
This is the place where passion has a purpose, where learning inspires leading. The bonds we make, the values we teach, inspire our community to take heart and take action. This is Seton Hall University. This is what great minds can do. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato. We are honored to be joined by John Oriama, who is president of American Wear Uniforms. Good to see you, John. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Doing great. Real quick, tell everyone what American Wear is. What we do, we're, we're in the work clothes business. Um, our primary uh, line of business is the rental and laundering of work clothes. We outfit about 30,000 people a day in, in rental garments. We have trucks on the road. Uh, that pick up and deliver uniforms. We also sell uniforms throughout the United States. It's another part of our business. So two, two things going on here. Great. By the way, we'll put up your website and also want to thank our good friend, um, one of my closest friends, Nick Greco, who's also our corporate attorney. He recommended you, referred you, and said, John's the man. <laughs> I'm just telling you, when Nikki says that, that's big. Mary, hey, pick it up from there. Yeah, I would love to. Oh, so I was going to say something about nice about Nick, I think. I was just going to say, I hope I live up to his recommendation. Exactly. Go ahead, Mary. You already have. Uh, John, one thing that I found extremely impressive, obviously, we do our due diligence before each interview, was on your website, you give out your personal email and your personal cell phone. You literally say, if you have an issue, contact me. I don't know many presidents that do that. Talk a little bit about how you truly are. You're in there with your team. You literally get to work and do everything that needs to be done. Tie that back to leadership and just building the relationships, not only with your clients, but also with your team. Mary, you know, I'm out there every day. I, I do a lot of selling here myself. So because I love to be on the road, I love to meet people. I love to tell them about what, what our company can do. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was in a meeting about two weeks ago at a, a large account, there were about six other six of their uh, vice presidents in the room, and, and along with me. And I handed out my card, and um, the president of the company looked at my card and said, "You have your cell number on your card <laughs> and, and your email address." I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, why do you do that?" I said, "Because if people need to call me or contact me, I I want them to call uh, contact me directly." And believe it or not, we got the account. I I don't know what effect that had on it, but I know they were uh, very, very impressed by it. Well, I was just going to say that, though. It's all about business development, right? And especially throughout the pandemic, uh, obviously, you have survived. You're still here talking to us today. What was the biggest lesson that you took throughout the pandemic over the last 18 plus months? We're, we're taping this now in November. It will air sometime in early 2022. What's the biggest lesson you took away uh, so far throughout this pandemic? I, I think the biggest thing here for, for my company has been ensuring the safety and comfort of our employees. That's been the number one thing that's got to, gotten us through it. Um, early on, you know, to be honest with you, we, I have a management, my management team is comprised of about six people, um, several of them in my family. And, um, you know, we got together and I'll never forget, this was in March, we said, oh, this thing will be over by Easter. Uh, obviously that wasn't the case. But as time progressed, what we needed, what we did was we really relied on keeping our people here at work, feeling comfortable, feeling confident, 
Um, we were having weekly meetings. We did all types of safety protocols, trying inventing them as we went along because there really wasn't a heck of a lot of guidance. Um, but we got everybody to stay and we, uh, we had a little dip in business that picked up and thankfully we're in good shape right now. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, I come from a family with a very strong dad who started uh, an organization back in 1970 that the Northward Center that my, uh, my sister, Michelle, by the way, check out our interview with Michelle Adubato. She's the CEO of the Northward Center. But we come from a family business. Our business happened to be in the not-for-profit world. Your dad started 1951 American Wear, right? What would you say the greatest impact on you as a leader what was the greatest impact growing up in a family business and having your dad be the one who started it? Mary and I, by the way, watch Succession. It's on HBO, right, Mary? Yes, it is. Yeah, I believe uh, it is. I'm not Succession. Everyone check it out. We don't want to be plugging other shows. But it's about a family business. Were you the heir apparent? <laughs> um, yes, I was the heir apparent, Steve. <laughs> um, I, I, my background, I, I was a CPA I was working for a large accounting firm and through a variety of things that, that happened here at our business, I joined the firm in uh, 1984. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I, I like to think that I'm, I'm a student of, you know, my dad's leadership, but also of our customers and the people I've met along, along the way in, in my journey, even dating back to uh, my time at a public accounting firm. You know, sure. you take all the things that you find to be impressive, strong, meaningful. You try to blend it into how you conduct yourself. And, uh, you know, I like to think that we run a, a very good business. We have a good reputation and we have a heck of a lot of longevity with our customers and with our employees. We have uh, third generation employees wow. that work here. Yeah. So, so you don't lose uh, a lot of people. Mary and I talk about retention. You don't lose a lot of your people. We don't, uh, that has to do with, you know, going back to my dad, um, we try to, to, to really, um, I think the biggest thing is trying to treat people right and treat them as equals, treat them re respectfully. We know everyone that works here. We, I know everyone's name. I know their families. Uh, we've gone out of our way to help them on a personal level when that arises. And I think that builds a bond that, it's very difficult to break. I, uh, I hear people that say, gee, you know, the, another factory opened up down the street and they're offering 50 cents an hour more and all my people left. Our, our people don't leave, yeah. uh, thankfully. Yeah. You know, um, we finished up this segment, Mary and I are gonna talk about um, a few things. And one of them is, can your organization and your team feel like a family? Mary and I debate that all the time, but it sounds like you've created that, John. And listen, I want to thank you for joining us on Lessons in Leadership. Thank our good friend, Nick Greco, our attorney. Um, who, By the way, he likes when I plug him, but in this case, he really deserved a plug because you're such a great guest. I want to thank you, John, for joining us. You know, make sure you join us again on Lessons in Leadership in the future. All the best, thank my friend. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks a lot. I'm Steve, that's Mary, that's John, Nick Greco. We'll have, you know, we'll have Nicky talk himself <laughs> on talking about Leadership in the field of law. I just don't want Nikki to share his political views because they can be scary. Be back after <laughs> this. <laughs> this is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, 
And my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Mary, real quick, uh, we got a couple of minutes to talk, just the two of us, but plug all of our sponsors real quick. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we have Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Sharing Network, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, uh, Seton Hall University and the Bassino Leadership Institute, the North Ward Center, Kessler Foundation, and Delta Dental of New Jersey. And I would Where can also people love find to- us? Hold on. Oh my gosh, I was just about- us? I was just about to say that. Oh my goodness, we share a brain. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Audible, R-O-I-N-J, NJ.com, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, we're everywhere. And then I'd also like to thank our promotional partners, uh, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, and right. NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine. And go to our website at stand-deliver.com. And by Enough the way, Mary, in the next couple of weeks, Mary and I are going to change the website. We're going to update our leadership library. But Mary... We should do a we should have a section on the website about great shows about leadership. And one of them is a show that I don't know if you told me, I told you, or we just found it separately, Succession, which is on HBO. A great show about not just leadership, but about being deceitful and a family business and ego and insecurities and vulnerabilities. And mm -hmm. what do you love about it? What I love about it, it's a chess match. It's who's on first, it's who's siding with who, it's who's backing who, who's backstabbing who. And the thing that I really find fascinating is there's a lot of lessons, a lot of people say, oh, TV is so bad, but especially during the pandemic, I, as you and many people have done, you binge watch a lot of shows. Succession is one of those shows where you can learn a lot about how to treat your team, treat your people, and more importantly, how not to treat your team. But it also goes back to what we were just talking about with John, the importance of family, how sometimes a smaller business can feel like a family. And sometimes as in the case of, of Succession, it really is family because they're all family, so. You know, it's so funny, and my mom who watches Lessons in Leadership every week, mom, I know you're gonna get upset about this, which I often say, um, the guy who plays, what's the guy who's the the, the, the the patriarch of the family? Oh, I don't know his, his name as an actor, but his no, name no, is Logan. No, no, in the, the show. show. Oh, it's Logan. Logan, Logan. Mm -hmm. Logan reminds me, again, my father did really important work in Newark, check out the Northward Center. He was a great leader, great community leader, made a big difference, particularly in the area of education. But stylistically, there are times that Logan, who let's just say uh, can be very manipulative and can be very rough on people, I'm, I'm soft peddling this, reminds me of my dad. Does that freak you out? It, no, I mean, it may freak your mom out as she's watching, but I think what we love about Logan is that he's also very, um, you, you feel you empathize with him. He somehow manages to make you hate him. And then a minute later, you feel sorry for him. And I just think that it's really fascinating because you do realize what a great leader he is. He's built an empire, a media empire. And I think that's what you feel about with your dad, that he literally built something really great and left behind a great legacy. And, and that's, you know, for all of his faults with Logan, that's what Logan did. You know, he, he has some issues with how he communicates with people, but at the end of the day, he's really a great leader. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, Logan Paul, I think he's in his seventies, getting close to 80. Do you think that it's really hard for leaders as they get older, many, to evolve to younger people who just see the world differently and don't respond to the same, dare I say, old school, you know, in your face style of leadership mm -hmm. and communication? 
Absolutely. I mean, he constantly just tells people to shut up, but he says it with much worse words. And he just has a different way of approaching, especially with people coming right out of college today where they really want to be handheld and spoon fed and coddled. And the older generation of leaders is definitely not that they're more rough around the edges, get stuff done. And they definitely take a much firmer approach, but and, and a lot of those leaders, and my dad was one of them. He again did great things, but he didn't care if you hurt your feelings. <laughs> he just didn't so, care. Yeah, sometimes you just have to do it, right? Listen, we grow, we learn, and that's why it's so unfair to judge leaders from a certain era by standards we live by today. Language is different, culture is different, relationship between the genders different. Elvin is saying goodbye different. Elvin Badger. I got your message in any language. <laughs> goodbye, arrivederci. I'm Italian, I can say that. Au revoir. Any other way to say goodbye, Mary? Adios. Adios. Lessons in Leadership. Mary, Steve, see you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.